better that you know your guests, the more they feel like they're welcome there and they're going to want to come back. Yeah. Because you're anticipating what, what they want. And, and if you, you hit it, then they're like, hey, you know what? These guys are, they're really on it. You know, mm -hmm. they're looking out for me, even though it's more of a bigger crowd than just one. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Guest Experience Show brought to you by Roller, the modern all-in-one venue management software for the leisure and attractions industry. I'm your host, Josh Liebman, and on this show, I'll be speaking with thought leaders in the global attractions industry about all things guest experience. We'll talk about industry trends, technology, removing friction, and how to grow your business by focusing on all aspects of guest experience, including the best ways to attract and engage new guests, delivering a remarkable experience, and building repeat visitors and advocates to your business. Bryn Nets is sales manager for SureShot Redemption, a firm providing prizes and merchandise to family entertainment centers. In this interview, Bryn talks about what goes into a successful redemption counter and shares several examples from his years of experience. When it comes to the role of the redemption counter in an FEC, Bryn stresses that the counter is often the final impression that a guest has when visiting, and the way in which it is organized and managed is reflective of the center as a whole. We also discussed how the prizes themselves can drive repeat visitation, especially when they are in ticket ranges that are often out of reach for guests to achieve in one visit. And lastly, Bryn shares the importance of the team members to the success of the redemption, as well as to the venue as a whole, and shares how each individual team member can generate a huge financial impact to the business. Now, please enjoy this interview with Bryn Nets. Hey, Bryn, welcome to the Guest Experience Show. I am so excited to have you on today and really looking forward to our chat. How are you? Good, good, good. How are you? Doing fantastic. Thanks so much awesome. for having me. So to kick this off here, uh, can you tell us all about SureShot Redemption and tell us about what you do? Uh, SureShot is your one-stop shop for everything redemption. We have uh, anything from a penny, which you know includes small toys, candy, on up to higher-end items, electronics, uh, gaming accessories, and then also uh, licensed items, which include collectibles like Funko, uh, USAopoly, that kind of stuff. And then uh, we also have a supply uh, supply line, which you know all the bins and everything that go into the counters, display material. If you have uh, redemption room, and then uh, we also have a souvenir department. So we have over 100 items that we can drop a uh, customer logo in on, and uh, the minimums are low, so you don't have to overload yourself on you know bringing in a thousand dozen of something you know just to try it out. So, and then a quick turnaround time after artwork approval, we're uh, about two weeks for production. So, and then, you know, and then if, if it does well, then we can look at something to go overseas and then that'll bring the price down, but obviously it brings the, the minimum quantity of order up quite a bit. It sounds like there, there's a little bit of a balance that you provide yes. for the things that go into really any FEC that really appeal to the masses, as well as those more more bespoke, more customized, uh, right. unique type of merch that an FEC might want to might want to offer uh, either redemption or for purchase. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. And then, like I said, with the souvenir, you know, I mean, that's just an extra way of getting you know your name out there. And you know, if it's a good item, I mean, we have mug, coffee mugs, the traveler mugs, the all the like the Yeti stuff with the the dual wall, you know, sippers and all that kind of stuff. And you know, the more that that's 
in their face, you know, if, if it's the kid drinking out of it or if it's the adult, you know, I mean, a lot of the, the adults collect that stuff, shot glasses, you know, that kind of thing, keychains, bottle openers, you know, you name it, we can put the, put your brand on it. Nice. Yeah. What are some of the, I'd say maybe the, the hot items today, what from, you know, from the redemption, redemption standpoint, like what, what are maybe the things that people need to keep reordering? Because these are the, the prizes that keep flying off the shelves. I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> wasn't even on the list that I said. Yeah. <laughs> the list. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, there's the staples, you know, which I have customers that they go back and forth on, on the staples. So like, I don't want to carry a finger trap. I don't want to carry an eraser. You know, I don't want to carry a pencil. It's like, okay, well, we have other items that fit in those categories, whether it's a like item or, you know, if they're trying to hit a price point. But I mean, those items turn and the kids love them. So, I mean, you really do have to incorporate that into your counter because they're lower ticket items, yeah. you know, and some of the, you know, the parents aren't going to spend, you know, an extra 20, 30, you know, $50 for them to, to get something, you know, that's in the next ticket value category. category. So, but, uh, you know, we try not to jump on the fad stuff because, you know, it, it comes and goes so quickly. Um, a lot of, uh, we have a partnership with USAopoly. So we we have uh, I think ninety percent of their games, whether they're Jenga or puzzles or uh, monopolies, theme monopolies. So one of the big ones now is uh, the tombs, or not tombstone, Yellowstone monopoly, and uh, with some of the other ones, we have uh, some Star Wars lunch tins, you know, that we brought in, and uh, puzzles. They uh, they did a ruffles and um, and some other puzzles that look like. The actual cans of food, but they're puzzles. That's good. You know? So <laughs> it's a little, at least it's a little bit educational, you know, hand-eye coordination anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that, you know, that stuff, you, yeah, and those are a little, little bit higher ticket, you know, so they're going to have to save for that. But, uh, you know, the Squishmallows, those are still, you know, for our industry is still going good. I know that uh, they, everything that I've been reading, they said that uh, retail is kind of cooling off. But for, for arcades and redemption, the squishmallows are still doing, I mean, they're on fire. <laughs> and then anything, you know, as far as plush, anything licensed, you know, Marvel characters, you know, Deadpool, uh, Rick and Morty, uh, you know, all those guys. Yeah. yeah. Pikachu still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating kind of, you just sort of like walk through I felt like you just took me on a tour of a redemption counter, essentially, yeah. just being able to kind of like see all of it. I would love to know as far as like what goes really goes into a well-rounded redemption counter, because if somebody goes to, you know, an arcade and FEC, they play X amount of games, they get X amount of tickets. Now they're they're kind of faced with the decision. Do I get a whole bunch of little things or do I, you know, do I do I put it all towards one or did I not get enough? And now, it, and, and we could talk a little bit more, you know, as far as like how that drives repeat visitation. Uh, but as far as just like what, you know, what does the ideal redemption counter really, really look like in terms of like the, the spread of the types of different value items? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I there's not a set standard, you know, um, when, when I meet with a new customer and I'm going to do a setup, you know, I'm, I usually will visit the location at least twice, you know, before I, I lay any kind of, you know, opening order proposal out to them. So, and, you know, the owner, whether they're, whether or not they're, you know, they're into, or they're, they come from a background of, okay, I understand how an arcade works. 
I know how, you know, redemption works. I know how that integrates into everything, you know, or it's usually the latter, whereas it's a new person. They're like, I don't know anything. You have to teach me. Hmm. So um, in picking the items that go into the counter, obviously you're, you know, you're constrained by space. So, and, you know, you don't want, if they only have two eight foot counters to squeeze everything into two counters is, is tough. You know, I mean, you're, you're looking at about 25 items per counter and then, you know, whatever size uh, slab wall that they have, usually it's, it's small. It's going to be like the slab wall comes four by eight. So usually they cut it and it's four by six. Yeah. So, you know, the stuff that's in the counter are, are, are going to be your, your one ticket to about 200 tickets. And if you base it, you know, on a penny a ticket, that's, you know, a penny to $2. So once it gets up to $2, the packaging gets a little bit larger and they don't fit in bins anyway. So that's when you, you transfer it back to the uh, to the slat wall. So, mm -hmm. because you don't wanna put small items on the slat wall because it just gets lost, you know, and you're, you're looking at at least, you know, five to eight feet between where the front of the counter is and the kids looking over trying to see what this is, you know, that's eight feet away from them, so. Yeah, but you, you know, you have a good mix, like I said. So the the counter is the easy part. The back wall is is where it's more of kind of a, an art form. You know, we use planograms. So not all the packaging is the same size. You could have a small package that's 500 tickets, you know, that's only a three by five. And then you could have, you know, a, a big package, which is 17 inches and it's only a dollar. Yeah. You know, so you have to kind of fit those in. I try and theme it. You know, so if they have a big enough wall to do sports, then maybe I'll do a little small uh, boy section, a small girl section, you know, and unisex, you know, and then, you know, of course, all the top sellers. Hmm. So. Is there, I, I've got to imagine that there's a lot of psychology around the actual like presentation and the merchandising oh, of sure. the actual counter. Are there comparisons to be made to say like, if you're walking down the aisles in the grocery store and the way that that it's all positioned there, or if you're at a bar, the you know, kind of a, the top shelf liquor, here's the, the aspirational bottle of like Dom on the shelf, right? Versus here's that here's the giant Pikachu plush that's you know kind of right. drawing in attention and kind of building building that desire. Can you talk a little bit kind of as far as maybe that what goes into the presentation style? Sure. Yeah. I mean, and that and I keep that in mind too, because I I try and visualize. You know what the what the back wall is going to look like because like i said the counter i mean if they have enough counters i'll theme one of the uh the showcases out with uh with high-end items you know just because that way they can at least lock them up and you know they're not going to disappear off the back wall mm -hmm. so but uh you know it's 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 a visual kind of thing and that's why we use planograms so we can move the items around to see you know where they fit best on the wall um, I used to do this, and I did this for GameWorks. You had mentioned GameWorks earlier. Um, I would always center all the, the high-end items in the middle of the slot wall. And then from there, would fan the items out, and they would get lower ticket values as you approach the edges mm. and down below. Okay. So, but, yeah. uh, but you know, I mean, really, if all what it really is is what you said. You know, you walk, you walk into a grocery store. You know, do they have items laying around on the floor? That you're going to pick up and buy no <laughs> you know are, are all the potato chip bags stacked very neatly in a row yes all the boxes are neat so as long as you're keeping you know your redemption area you know looking organized and aesthetically pleasing to the parents they're more apt to 
you know, let the kid have an extra $10 to go play the games because they see that, that, you know, the operator is actually taking care of that space. Yeah. You know, so, and everything has a ticket value on it. They're not guessing of, well, this item is next to the other item. It says a hundred tickets. Is this one a hundred tickets too? Because there's no price on it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that's all just getting the employees trained, you know, correctly and, and keep it on top of it. And like I said, making it look nice. Yeah. Yeah. What about just, and maybe this is sort of maybe like zooming out a little bit, but really the, the overall role of the redemption counter in the overall success of a family entertainment center, because it's kind of kind of the, the the lasting impression of the facility, and in a way, it's it's retail, but the guest has already spent the money, so now it's you know now now it's inventory that you know that is uh, that the guest is technically buying with the new currency that they now have of being at the center. So as far as just the you know the the role and the the importance that it plays in the success of the of the of the venue of the business. Yeah, the, uh, you know, I mean, I always looked at it as, because I've worked in many arcades, uh, you know, that's that's a reward for playing the game. They had entertainment value playing the game because that's why they played it. And, you know, it may be a jackpot game and they're, they're trying to win the jackpot, sure. You know, but they had entertainment value playing the game. The reward is to go to the redemption counter and find something that they do want. So you have two different types of guests. You have the the repeat guests, which, is, which are the ones that you want. You know, really, because there's, I mean, you do and you don't, because they're saving their tickets and they know what they want already. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they're going, and those are the ones that are there, you know, at least two, three days a week. So the managers all know, they, they know what they're looking for. And they'll actually sometimes, you know, take the guest requests on, hey, can you get me, you know, a certain uh, radio control car or whatever it is, you know, and, uh, and they'll do that because they're repeat customers. And then on the other side, you have the vacationers, you know, they're only going to be there one day, you know, they may get a thousand tickets, they're going to spend them all, you know, because, you know, they're not going to save them because they're not going to be back, you know, unless they have, it's a chain, you know, like Bolero or Dave and Buster's or Chuck E. Cheese, where they can actually use that card at a different location. Mm-hmm. So those two types of guests, you know, you, I mean, you have to tailor the, the items to, to them as well. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so you talked about kind of that that uh, that repeat visitor and that that ideally we want to see that particularly either if they're local or if it's you know a, a larger group of FECs that they can use it at at a different location. Uh, what role does the redemption counter really play in in building that? desire to return because it is you know it's it's one of the final experiences they're kind of on their way out so that that should sort of get their gears turning about you know about coming back so how could how could the redemption counter really do that yeah you know like i said i mean that's one of the first things is to to keep it organized you know and and they and being if it's the general manager the agm or even you know the supervisors i mean they all live in the area so you really got to you have to get to know your customer and what they're looking for so, and the better that you do that, you know, the more you can tailor your redemption area to meet all the local, you know, what they're looking for, you mm-hmm. know, instead of them just going to, you know, a retail outlet and, and just buying it, you yeah. know, and there's certain items that, that they can't get, you know, like, uh, I mean, you get yo-yos, but uh, finger traps, you know, whoopee cushions, I mean, I still haven't seen a whoopee cushion in a store, but I'm sure they sell them, Party City probably does, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you go to, you go to an arcade because you know you know that they have those things you know the joke items and the, and and that 
So, but uh, you know, to to drive the the repeat customers and coming back, it's it was a saying. I think Frank, we were talking about Frank earlier. One of his slogans was "Winners make players." Hmm. So, you know, the more they win, the more they're going to play. Yeah, so, and the more they play, then they get rewarded at the redemption counter. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times the the operators get caught up with. You know, why well, I need to make money at each one of, you know, the areas in my arcade. Well, it is making money because it's driving the items that are at the counter are driving the play for the game. Right. And the more they win, the more they're going to redeem at the counter. Mm -hmm. So. So when when I was a kid, I can tell you that I was very driven by the the prizes at the Pride Center seeing the ticket and saying or, or seeing that the uh seeing the ticket price basically and saying like okay that's like that's my number i need to get that and i remember as a kid we you know you mentioned gameworks um that it was uh it was like the new sega video game and i was like all right it's you know x amount of you know thousands of tickets i didn't even as as a child i really did not make the connection of it would be much cheaper, much cheaper if I just asked my mom to buy me this, right? <laughs> like it was like it, it is much more fun, much more entertaining to know right. it's like I, I earned it, I won it, right? It was right. less visits. And and part of that, like knowing that that was on the shelf, drove that repeat visitation. I'm just like, okay, now I have this many tickets. And this was in the days uh before game cards where I I had an envelope and it was in like the top drawer of my dresser, and, and it just had all those tickets stacked there. And I would, I would like cross out the number, right. The new number every time I went and, you know, and, right. and was able to do that. And it kind of like, it, it built this sort of this, even though I wasn't competing against anyone else, it kind of like drove this almost competitive type of energy of like, I'm going to get that. I'm going to earn it because I'm going to, I'm going to get the amount of tickets to, uh, you know, to be able to win that prize. Right. Yeah, sure. 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 Yeah. yeah that was a, that was quite a while ago. You said, I'm older than you are, so. <laughs> I so I was on both sides. Yeah, I mean, I used to work for a company called Malibu Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was behind the counter, you know, on Saturday with the kids screaming at you, you know, yeah. and, and we didn't have a scale. So we had to measure out the tickets. So I had 10 tickets taped to the back of the counter and we would just stretch them across like, a, yeah. you know. <laughs> You know, yeah. a yardstick. So, but yeah, you know, and our ticket eater was a trash can that was halfway filled with water. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, because you got to get rid of them somehow. <laughs> right, right. But it, it gets guests thinking about coming back, right? And oh, yeah, get, exactly. That, that big prize, right? Right. Um, what about the uh, the staff element of it? I, I, I always like talking about really the, the people side of the business and kind of the, the hospitality aspect. And I've got to imagine that uh, the the best, the most organized and, and most presentable prize center uh, is only then fueled even further by the individual who's who's behind the counter and the one interacting with the guests. So can you talk yeah. a little bit, I would say, of, of the importance of the redemption counter team member to the success of the redemption counter then cascading into the uh, success of the business. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like you said, I mean, that's that's the last place they go. So, you know, and if it's on the weekend, there's going to be a line, you know, and it's all about how, you know, I, from the parent standpoint, how quickly can I get my kid to pick something and get out of there? You know, because, 
you know, they're, they're at the end of their schedule, you know, they're have their, they went to the birthday party or if it's the birthday child, you know, party's over, just, you know, pick your stuff and go. The, on the flip side of that, um, I have a couple of customers where they, they utilize the kiosks when they're, you know, reloading the cards. So the game room attendants that they have on the weekends and during the week, as soon as they see somebody go to one of the kiosks, they go over and help them. Hmm. And they help them, you know, decide which package is, is best for them. And uh, one of my customers, they turn into a contest. So and the, the kiosk, the game room attendants, and then also at the, uh, the POS that's at the counter, you know, they're, they're all competing against each other and they give away prizes for the employees with the top sales at the end of the year. And I tell you, I mean, these kids are just amazing yeah. you know, because it, it gives them incentive to go interact with the guests, which is great. You know, it's exactly what you want. And I mean, these kids are upselling over $100,000 per wow. year. You know, I had three, there was three of them that were over, over 100 grand. Unbelievable. I know. So that just shows you the more you're interacting with the guests, the more they feel like, hey, you know, these guys are kind of taking care of me, you know, and then they get to the redemption counter. They're not so, you know, put off with the line as long as it's moving, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, big thing is crowd control. You get in, you need stanchions. You need to delineate. This is the entrance. This is the exit, you know, and then hopefully have a big enough counter to where you can kind of separate and and help at least four groups at the same time. Mm -hmm. you know, depending on, you know, what your, what your labor is. Yeah. So, you know. And, and then that helps to kind of balance the, like the hospitality side of it also with the efficiency of the operation as well. And when the, and when the guests see, like you said, even if there's a line, but it's moving, we can actually right. see the, the team members getting it through. Then the, the line doesn't feel, uh, it, it's not as much of a sting versus yeah. just like, I'm standing here, we're not moving at all. And I can, I can see, I, I think this every time I rent a car, to be honest, I'm standing in the line and there's X amount of people in front of me. And I'm just like, this is the slowest thing in the entire world. Yeah. But when you can, when you can see, when you can see it moving, it makes a long line, even, even if it's still very long, go by much quicker. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, but I mean, and, and, you know, you want them to wait a little bit because it gives them time to, to see, you know, the counter, to see what's on the wall, yeah. you know, to kind of get an idea of, okay, where am I, you know, because they most likely check their, their balance, you know, on one of the kiosks as well before they went up there. So they know, you know, what range of prizes that they're going to be in. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Give them kind of that, that time to think. So they're not, you know, they're not totally rushed through the process and rushed through the experience. So. Right. And that's what I was saying. So like, if you have a big enough counter, to where you could mirror two sides. So if you had four eight foot sections, mm -hmm. you have the same thing in two, the two on the right versus the two on the left. And then you would just, you know, start from the center and with the lowest ticket values and then highest ticket value is going to the right and then higher ticket value is going to the left. Both have, both two cabinets have the exact same items, but it yeah. allows you to help more customers right. at the same time. Right, got it. So, Bryn, what's a story that you love to tell that exemplifies a phenomenal guest experience? And this could be in the in the FEC world, and it could be from your clients or even your time uh, kind of operating, or even as you as a guest of of anywhere in in any industry. Well, that was that was one of them, the one I told you about uh, with the right. uh, the employees upselling right. everything because they I mean, they do it consistently every year, hmm. and I mean it's just phenomenal. 
you know, and, and their numbers go up every year too. Yeah. You know, for the first year that uh, we we put in, I say we, so I'm on board of directors for, for our arcade that's out here in California. So, you know, I helped them with certain things. And uh, it was one of my really, really dear friends that had passed away years ago and they needed help. So I stepped in and, and helped them. And now they don't need so much help. So, <laughs> you know, but, you know, we collaborate on some stuff, you know, and, you know, we look at games together and all that kind of thing. But, uh, but when they came up with that, the incentive of, of upselling the customer, you know, they're, they're the only customer that I, I've encountered where the employees will interact with the guests at the kiosk. Mm. As soon as they see somebody walking up to that kiosk, there's, there's an attendant that's going over there to talk to them. Sure. And so there's not one person that's buying a card that doesn't get, you know, a spiel of, hey, you should get this instead of this because... You know, how long are you going to be here? You know, you plan on coming back tomorrow? You know, that kind of thing. So they get to know, you know, their guests a little bit more personally. Sure. You know, so, but uh, that's, I mean, that was one of my, one of my best stories. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, there really is that, that value of the personalized experience that, yeah, that, yeah it's, it's nice. It, it provides great service. There's kind of the warm, fuzzy aspect of it, but then there's the, there's the tangible aspect of, of the increased spending out as well. And I think that's, that's one thing that, that, um, that I think everybody, everybody knows, everybody realizes it, but I think that there, there could even be more intention just with, with everybody of, of putting that into place of, let's personalize the experience for our guests. So right. they'll have a great time and they'll spend more money, not even just on future visits, but, but even just, just a higher, higher per cap while they're here, while they're visiting us. So, so thank you for sharing that story. Appreciate it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And like you said, you mentioned hospitality. I mean, yeah. the, the more, the better that you know your guests, the more they feel like they're welcome there and <laughs> they're going to want to come back Yeah, you know, because you're anticipating what, what they want. And, and if you, you hit it, then they're like, Hey, you know what? These guys are, they're really on it. You know, mm -hmm. they're looking out for me, even though it's more of a bigger crowd than just one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, how have you seen redemption change over the years? So I asked you at the beginning of the interview, as far as like, what's, you know, what's, what's hot today? Has that been pretty consistent? You talk about kind of the finger traps and you talk about the plush and we talk about, you know, the, the license, the IP, I got to imagine that that whatever IP is probably most popular, I, I would imagine, you know, it uh, kind of brings in a, a lot of the attention, but I would say kind of, are there, are there any, you know, noticeable changes just, you know, over time with Redemption Counter? Um, from when I used to stand behind the counter on Saturdays, yeah, we didn't have any big prizes. Mm. I mean, it was rare that we had a large prize. Everything was small. It, it was all under a dollar mm. or a dollar, maybe two dollars, well, probably a dollar. So, and it was a lot of knockoff stuff, you know, but that's what everybody sold then. You know, there, there wasn't really a concentration of vendors that said, hey, you know, what? we're, we're going to concentrate on the FEC market. So we're only going to sell to them. So, you know, the companies that I bought from when I was working in Malibu, you know, they were, you know, the Park and Carnival guys. So, you know, inflates, erasers, like I said, keychains. You know, so they're all small, small, small items. Sure. So how it has evolved is customers like, hey, you know, we're tired of those little tiny things that break in, you know, 10 minutes. We want better stuff. So that kept pushing everything up. So we, you know, being on this side of it now, you know, we look at, 
you know, higher end items that, you know, people do want selfie rings, you know, so they can, you know, do their, their, you know, podcasts at home, like you're doing. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, but higher end, items, like gaming accessories, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, that stuff wasn't around back then, but, you know, there, there were still the console games, you know, there was Atari, but you would never see one of those, you know, in an arcade because, sure the redemption counter like you said last place you want to be you know but nobody cared so you know and it was just this mass of children in front of you throwing tickets at you mm-hmm. <laughs> so but yeah how it's evolved from that to now is just i mean it's if as long as you run it as part of your business and you you care what goes into the counter and what's on that wall then your customers are going to know that they're going to see it you know, because it's not just going to be one big mess. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and then, yeah, I mean, and you have, you know, like David Busters, you know, the big guys, you know, they have consoles that are in there too. You know, and then they also have the merchandisers that have, that'll do, uh, they'll hold the, the box of uh, of the console or whatever it is, PS5 or Xbox or, you know, whatever's coming out or the individual games as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, so it's pushed to, it's pushed the, I guess say the the average prize up a lot. Mm. So you know where where it used to be, like I said, around the average prize was probably fifty cents. You know when I was doing it, you know you're looking at probably ten to fifteen dollars at least. Wow. And you know us as a wholesale company, you know we're we're not charging you know a retail price. I do have customers that will they'll you know tag on and they'll you know they'll bring in other items, you know, if they go to uh, Toys R Us or, you know, a department store, Costco, Sam's Club, you know, to get the console stuff because they know they're only going to have to buy one of those, you know, it's going to stay in the, in the center for at least three months Mm -hmm. before somebody, you know, saves up for it. So, but that's, I mean, it's really pushing the the items up, you know, iPhones, you know, um, concert tickets, you know, sporting event tickets. Yeah. So, which I never saw that, you know, the cranes were the, were the big thing. And when the play started dropping off on the cranes, they started uh, strapping money to the, the yeah. piece of the clutch. Yeah. Which didn't last very long because <laughs> the machines got impounded. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, concert tickets. I, yeah. I love that because they're, you know, they're coming to an FEC for, for an out of home entertainment experience. And, uh, and then, they can take home another out of home entertainment experience, right? So exactly. Like yeah. that. I I think that wow, that's really cool. Yeah. In yeah. in addition to all those, all the tangible uh, kind of retail type items. So right. So yeah. Uh, Brand, we're starting to uh, wind this down here and, and getting close to the end, but I do have oh. one final question for you. I know this time has flown by so quickly. How would you sum up your guest experience philosophy in one sentence? In one sentence. Um, that's a good question. Do these count two sentences? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're supposed to say no. Uh, under promise, over perform. Uh, and that's been my mo- my motto for me. I've been sales, you know, my whole life. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've sold mortgages, I've sold bicycles, I've sold computer peripherals, you know, I've sold. Um, a lot of stuff. I did promotional marketing for an IndyCar team. So I've been all over. So, but, you know, I mean, and it kind of feels, 
you know, you feel a little bad because you're not promising enough, but when you overperform, it just, it means the world to, to your guests, really. Sure. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Yeah. Bryn, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your time today. I think this was such a fascinating conversation. For everyone out there who's watching and listening, if you enjoyed this interview, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It'll help other people find us. And until next time, we'll see you right here on the Guest Experience Show. 